Hello and welcome back to another episode of And The Winner Is, where we review each winner of the Best Picture Oscar, one at a time. And this episode, we will be discussing the 1977 winner, Rocky. And joining me as always, my co-host, Tony. You doing all right? No. You all right? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> so, yep, um, as you can tell, that's how it starts. It's a film that is very well known to both of us. Um, and interestingly, um, originally we thought this was going to be part of another one of our shows um, for the love of a franchise until we realised it was part of the Oscar shows. Um, yeah. But we picked this out literally weeks before we saw... Um, its replacement on for uh, for the love of a franchise, um, where we've yeah. we've decided to stick with um, Stallone over there, um, and going with Rambo instead of Rocky. Um, <laughs> so they've come out at pretty much exactly the same time, um, <coughs> which is interesting. But um, as I said, we are reviewing Rocky here, um, and I will jump into my my little facts and figures. So it was released on the 3rd of December 1976 in the US um, and was released just over a month afterwards here in the UK on the 7th of January 1977. Uh, after we talked about a 1930s film on the previous episode, having a budget of one and a half million, um, Rocky only had a budget of 960,000. Wow. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess at how much it made? Domestic or oh, internationally, oh, 100 million? 117 million. Wow. <laughs> On a budget of 960. That's um, a which serious is, change. Yeah. Uh, and, and talking of money, uh, Stallone, while basically penniless, <coughs> sold the rights for $2 million on the agreement that he would still star uh, as in the lead role. That was agreed, but only if he continued to do rewrites but not be paid, while also working as an actor for scale pay, um, which he agreed to. Um, because he just was desperate to be in it. Um, mm. It was such a personal story that he was willing to do that. Uh, Buckus the dog was actually Stallone's own dog, um, which <laughs> while he was penniless, he had sold the week before he sold the rights to the film and then bought him back wow. once he'd been paid. Um, <laughs> Carl Weathers got the role after punching Stallone in an audition, declaring that he would do better <laughs> when it was a real actor, not a stand-in. Once informed that <laughs> Stallone was not only Rocky, but wrote the script, Weathers exclaimed that maybe Stallone would get better. <laughs> most, of the, most of the running scenes were made without permits, and a lot of the time was spur-of-the-moment shots. Um, oh. So they'd be driving through Philadelphia, and they'd just mm. go, oh, that looks like a good background. Get out and run alongside the car. Brilliant. Um, it was the highest-grossing movie of 1976. Yeah. Punching the meat left Stallone with flat knuckles. So if he puts his hand out straight, he's got no bumps where his knuckles should be. They are just completely flat. Um, the running up the steps came about after the creator of the Steadicam used the exact shot as test footage. Um, and they ended up putting it in the film. Um, <laughs> the, the most expensive cost on the film was actually for the makeup. Wow. Um, it was the first sports film to win a Best Picture Oscar. Um, Stallone alongside Chaplin are the only two people to write an original screenplay and take the lead role to be nominated for both uh, it only took, 20, only took 28 days to film 
when you consider some of the big setups for this this film with the, yeah. the fights and everything, to have got mm. it all done in 28 days is unreal. Uh, Talia Shah was only paid uh, $7,500, but took it as she wanted to get out from under her big brother's shadow. Now, we've talked about her big brother on one of these previous episodes that she was also in that film, um, which would be The Godfather Part 2, uh, <laughs> her brother being Francis Ford Coppola. Yep. Um, so she took this role because she was tired of being in his shadow. And, and the four films that it was nominated, so... Uh, after we um, talked about on the last episode, there being lots in 1939, uh, this one was back to being only five. Um, <laughs> so it was nominated against Taxi Driver, Network, Bound for Glory, and All the President's Men. Wow, that's a great list. And I've seen all of those bar. Is it, was it something Glory? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Um, Bound for Bound Glory. For glory was it? Yeah, I've never seen that, but I've seen, but I've seen the others. And, and <coughs> excuse me, and the others are all bloody good quality films as well. So that's yeah. a hell of a list. And weirdly, Bound for Glory was one of the first films to use the Steadicam. So Rocky ah. was the third. Uh, that yeah. was one of the first two. Um, so they both used it that year. Mm. Um, so let's get into the film. Look, I'm going to be up front and say this is one of my favourite movies ever. Um, yeah, yeah. it's why I picked it for the other show I would put it in my top <laughs> 10 films um, yeah. of all time it, so definitely my favourite sports film by a long yeah. way Yeah, um, probably my favourite underdog film those tend to be the same thing anyway uh, yeah. and a film I, I don't the first time I saw it um, that I recall was um, I think possibly in a, in a rained off sports class or something I remember we we sat down and watched it on telly. Like so, obviously, where they've been recorded or something, um, yeah. and it was put on to watch. I think it must have been like rained off games class or Christmas time or something like that. Uh, I, I just fell for the film right there and then. I I don't know when I would have first seen that. My brother, as I've I've talked about, my brother's twenty years older than me, um, and was massively into those action eighties action heroes like Stallone, like Schwarzenegger, like Van Damme. Um, so these films kind of would have always been in the house. I can't pinpoint mm. when I saw it. Um, yeah. I'd want to say late 80s, but that would only make me like five or six. Um, and I'm sure yeah. I'm, I couldn't have seen it that early. So I would say it was probably early 90s when I first saw it. And it's it's forever been one of those films that... that in fact, I, I've written it in my notes. It's one of those films where if I watch one of them, I have to then watch all of them. And I will dive <laughs> down even bigger rabbit holes by looking up trivia. Yeah, well, watching it's, it's funny you should say that because at the time of recording this, ITV have been showing them on consecutive Friday nights. And, yeah. and I sort of had to force myself not to sit there and watch it because I've got the whole, I've got the set on Blu-ray plus Creed. Yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I will sit there and watch them otherwise. Like it's and like, they, they have turned up on streaming now as well because they were yeah. originally part of MGM. So they were kind of yeah. that extra channel on Amazon, but now Amazon have bought MGM. Yeah. It's all on Amazon Prime to watch for free. Yeah. So <laughs> um, so it's it's very easy to find them these days. Yeah. Um, you Straight away, you get that famous fanfare. Yes. Right from the word yeah. go, which is yeah, brilliant. And I, and I have always felt that the, the, the fight in the, itself has always been very, very visceral. And it still does increase. 
brutal fight for that opening sequence. It's really grimy and yeah. nasty. And, <laughs> but I also noted further on that Weathers was obviously cast for his acting ability, <coughs> not his, yeah. his fighting ability. Whereas as we get into the sequels, we get, yes, they are actors by trade, but they've also been trained fighters as well. So we mm. get longer and we get Mr. T um, yeah. and the likes of those. And even in um, the later probably, films, we're getting, yeah. we're getting proper boxers as, we, as yeah. we get to the end. And then we get into Creed and their cast. Even the last Rocky, Rocky Balboa, we get Tony Bellow as his, mm. his opponent. Whereas oh, this Creed, is the only one. Creed, yeah. isn't it? Tony Bellow, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then it's kind of like this one, they've cast an actor. And I think then they realised that they could push it even further if they brought in people that were trained. Mm. Um, so this one isn't quite as visceral as, as the later films, but even so, as you say, that first fight is very grimy and, and dirty. And yeah, uh, I wrote later on that mixed gym feels like how I always thought gyms were, not these <laughs> modern clean ones that we've, we've got now. I always saw gyms as being those dirty, sweaty, smelly plates, places yeah. that we get in this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's strange how things, things change. Um, I, I said, so I was always strange looking, even before all the boxing. Yeah. Even at this point, he's, <laughs> he does look strange. Um, there's no doubt about it. He's had 10 and- bells knocked out of him at some point. The weird thing is, we always assume that he sounds like this, but he doesn't. If you ever no. see him or anything else, already to do. And I, uh, I watched uh, the first Rambo today, and it's so different mm. um, compared to his performance in in this. Um, yeah. it's, it's strange, and now obviously he it's, has had yeah. work done. And the only time you really think you're watching the same person in those these two those two films is the bits where he has that re- the really emotive losing it dialogue. Yeah. Um, there's a bit, of, a bit at the end of First Blood is the same, and that, and I think that became the cliche for impressionists and, and spitting image yeah. and places like that. Yeah, uh, those sort of mumbled words that you could hardly tell, and that sort of weird accent. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also noted that he, <laughs> throughout this, he doesn't wear the famous yellow silk robe at all, which mm. has become synonymous with him over the, the years. Like you can buy. Was, you go to a gate shop and they've got the, the yellow silk. Was that from the second film onwards then? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, it, a lot changes from this first one to the second one. Obviously, the budget mm. went up after it had been a, a yeah. massive hit and things like that. So um, I also noted it's, it's really strange, but the Philly, Philadelphia of this film kind of reminds me of the local towns as I was growing up in the 80s. So it kind mm. of went, America was like that in the 70s. And then our towns kind of became like that in the 80s. Mm. Um, and obviously, I, I grew up in the, in the 80s, but I was quite young still. So I might be completely wrong, but that's just the, the impression I have. Um, well, I think you, felt... you could probably argue as well that the 80s is when we started to get more of a US influence in, in, in the UK in some ways. I think, so I'm yeah. thinking the sort of the rise of Burger King and McDonald's. Yeah, um, the first multiplexes were the back end of the eighties, I think, as well. And you'd get like big shops like Tesco moving into your town mm. and things like that, and it, it kind of yeah. does feel like kind of the outskirts would get pushed aside. So you'd still have like those DIY, tiny little DIY shops. We had one in in the town where I 
I grew up yeah. um, called Serves You Right that would just have like random, like they'd have broomsticks. And then at the other yeah. end, they'd have candles or yeah. washing um, gloves. But they'd I mean, been pushed out. Because you like the, this, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, they'd been pushed out because the likes of Tesco's were moving in and, and things like that. And it just, it does just remind me a little bit of that. And it, the, the next thing I kind of wrote down is the, the weird singers on the street corner. <laughs> well, it's a really do, do, sweet do. scene. Do, 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 do. It's just really random that he should just walk up <laughs> and they'll just start singing at him. And I just, <laughs> I just thought it was a little bit strange. Um, yeah. Then touching on the, the character, it's uh, Rocky's moments when he's on his own that kind of make this film, the, the loneliness mm. of the character, yeah. uh, which yeah. really pushes him on. Um, yeah. Obviously, we get the relationship with Adrian, which is is what kind of pushes him the last little bit. But in these early stages of the films, he's, um, he's very much the loneliness that's, that's pushing him to, to keep going, that he has nothing else. Um, well, and we also and see he... that he's a bit of a loser as well at this point. In fact, I, jo- I jotted down in a, in a column here that one of the themes of the film is about being a loser, but it's not just him. You no. could argue that, that most of the characters are, rightly or wrongly, kind of losers in, in one way or another. Adrian's yeah. this very sort of shy, insular, quite sad person. Um, yeah. Paulie, we meet, he's a real bit of a waster and he's a bit of a loser. Arguably, Rocky's boss is a bit of a loser as well. I mean, he's like a small fry bloody gang boss. And, yeah. And permeates the film that idea of being a loser and I thought that was a, as the film plays out it's a fascinating sub-element of the film yeah and it's, it's interesting that you kind of bring a couple of points up there I was while I was looking at the trivia apparently Adrian was like that because um, Talia was struggling with flu for the ah. first half of filming um, so she couldn't do a lot so they made her like this really shy retiring type that doesn't say a lot um, yeah. And then as the film goes on, she changes. She changes quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. so it's a complete change from the rest of the film. So Yeah, um, yeah. so it kind of makes sense. And, and you bring up his boss. Now, at the start, you think he's a bit of a dick. Um, and that it's, it's quite shitty that Rocky is a debt collector, essentially. Mm. Um, yeah. But as the film goes on, his boss actually kind of, you warm to him because he's actually quite nice to him. At times, yeah. yeah, like when yeah. when he's looking for money to do the fight, <laughs> and he says, "Oh, I can help you out," and "Oh, I'll yeah. be there for the fight," and things like that, and it yeah. kind of changes your opinion of him. He, he is, at yeah, the start. He gives you money for the date and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you think initially he's a little bit of a shit. Yeah, um, yeah, but, you, but like, so you do warm to him as you see that there, there he does actually care about Rocky, just not, yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and touching on on Stallone's performance again. Um, the character speaks at 100 miles an hour. He doesn't stop. <laughs> he just keeps going. But I love that nervous energy of Stallone's performance. It really yeah. kind of sells that he's like, I really don't know what I'm doing here, and I'm just going to keep mm. going until yeah. I say something that's right. Yeah. Uh, but you won't yeah. catch me when I'm wrong because I'm. I just keep going. Yeah. And I really There's like a lot- that with a performance. A lot of sincerity and heart. The 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 scene later on where. Um... Oh, Mickey that we meet in the film, uh, when Mickey is sort of, it's a really awkward, complete, a good five, six, ten minute scene. 
um, where Mickey comes to sort of basically big himself up as a manager. Um, and Stallone's really good in it, actually. And it's sort of, um, he talks about him not being good enough for a locker, sort of he throws in a jibe at him. That's really good. Yeah. And, um, but it's the bit when Mickey leaves and he's just talking about the place stinking. Yeah. And the emotion that's in there is fantastic. And apparently um, that was ad-libbed. Yeah. Because apparently where they were filming, it did stink. <laughs> so, he, so he rewrote it on the spot. Wow. Um, and it works. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's Rocky accepting himself that his life isn't right, you know, uh, and that Mickey represents the best chance of him actually changing his life. And it's a really nice finish to that scene where they go out in the street and there's, you don't hear what they're saying. You can, you just know what they're saying from their movements on the, on camera. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then kind of moving on to, we haven't talked a lot about Carl Weathers. Um, I just wrote that I love Sly, but Carl Weathers really does sell the, the Muhammad Ali type fighter. Yes, uh, I think his performance yeah. is great in, in selling that. And it's quite clear that's who it's based on because he's got a yeah. motor mouth um, yeah. and just keeps yeah. spouting. It doesn't matter what's coming out. He's just going to he's just going to keep going with it. Um, yeah. and, and that's it. And obviously we've we've come to see Carl Weathers in some really like cult roles. Um, and mm. it kind of this is one of those early ones. We've obviously seen him now in The Mandalorian. <laughs> um, and is a director. Um, he directs the show, and it's wow. it, it is difficult to kind of mirror those two characters. Mm. Um, I, I love character the relationship with his, is very quiet with his corner man as well. The, the bit where we've mentioned about about um, Stallone sort of doing the bashing the meat. Yeah. That scene there where he where Apollo is talking business with the promoters and stuff, and his corner man is he's sat there watching the telly footage. And he's really nervous. Yeah. And he's and he tells him that, that he needs to see this because he can actually see in those shots that Rocky means business. And, and there yeah. could be a danger that is that his boss is gonna lose this fight. And it's a yeah. great scene. Yeah. Um, I, and at that point, I I will say that Creed's manager is really sleazy. Yes. He's horrible. <laughs> it's like Don King. Yeah. Basically. Um yeah. it's just <laughs> Just not nice. Um, um, and, and then we get a few strange scenes um, that I'm going to bring up. Um, the, the scene of him dragging the, the girl home that shouldn't be out on the street. Yeah. <laughs> I always find that a little bit weird, but it does kind of set him up as being like this local hero that everybody yeah. knows. Mm. Um, so it does help in that way. I just find it a little bit strange that it's down to him to get her home and that she would go yeah. with him. Like, and just a like waste that. Of time. We'll find out later on anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I also, there's the scene when he, he takes Adrian out for the, the date mm. and then he kind of forces her to come in with him when she clearly and doesn't fact, I, I noted it. Yeah, I noted it myself that watching it now through sort of, 21st century eyes, it's a little bit uncomfortable scene at times. Yeah. And, and the fact that he keeps going on and pressing her mm. and until yeah. she... And she doesn't put up much of a struggle in the end. No. It, it doesn't last very long. She caves really quickly. 
Um, mm. And it does make you feel a little bit weird that he's kind of talked her into it. Yeah. Um, when, when she probably shouldn't have. But mm. yeah, it's just. Um, but yeah, the relationship does. It, it, it turns sweet very quickly, though. Yeah, I say it's kind of at odds with the way the relationship actually works out, isn't it? Yeah. Because it, it is a. It does become a nice relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was very. I've not seen the film in a couple of years, and I forgot. It, it does feel a little bit awkward at times. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but then kind of getting into the back end of the film, I suppose at this point, the the relationship set up, the the fights on its way. Um, there's one thing I did note with the the print on Amazon Prime. Um, when they're watching the press conference, so Rocky, Adrian, and Paulie, and the in the house mm. there's one that all the shots of Stallone seem to be blurred just not all of them just kind of the corner of the screen and I don't know whether that's that's like it was in the original or whether it was just this print but there seemed to be something slightly off yeah, well, well I watched it on Blu-ray and the Blu-ray image is quite soft on that as well I don't think they really it's not a, a film series that they've given a lot of care to visually in terms of sort of HDing it up and stuff. I think that's yeah, probably why. It didn't. Uh, yeah, it was Which just is a shame, especially as we've got a special edition of Rocky Four coming. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's at this point that Adrian changes. She mm. becomes a different character at this point. She's no longer the meek, mild pet store manager. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tells her brother go piss the fuck off, basically, and move yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, it's it, it's strange. As as I said, there's there seems to be a reason why she changes. Um, we know that now, but she does. She then turns kind of into a bit of comic relief as well. Yeah. Um, throughout the film, she kind of brightens the tone of the film a little bit. Um, mm. while it does get quite deep, while he's who's getting into the the fight. Um. Well, we also get a sort of re- reversal a little bit later on where where she's the one leading when she's trying to sort of um, have sex with Rocky and basically told there's no fooling around. And, yeah. And he's actually quite uncomfortable at that point because it, it was an interesting flip. Yeah, yeah. And a couple of the characters kind of at this point aren't particularly likeable. Uh, Mickey's not particularly likeable at this point. Um, mm. He becomes a bit of a dick, not wanting him, wanting to help him, and, and things like that. And and yeah. Paulie also becomes a dick as well. Um, I actually yeah. wrote down Paulie as fucking mental uh, at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, he completely loses the the plot. But I'm also at this point, I'm claiming it's a Christmas movie. Ah, yeah, I'd written the same thing down as well, uh, um, which means there are at least two of them are Christmas movies because Rocky Four is as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've we've definitely um, definitely agreed to that. And then we bring out our friend uh, a couple of times. Montage Man is here, um, the <laughs> yeah. the original Montage Man. Um, I don't yeah. think you can give anybody else credit for for montages other than Rocky <laughs> films. Um, we obviously get a couple here. We get obviously him failing, um, but then yeah. not long after he he's improved and he he does what he wants to, and we get that shot running up the stairs. Um, mm, classic, yeah. Which is just great, and you can tell how much work Stallone put in over those twenty eight days because he does change shape mm. quite clearly. Yeah. <clears throat> um, though apparently those two shots, the one when he fails to get up the steps. 
and then the one when he does, we're shot two and a half hours apart. Wow. One before the sun came up and one after the sun came up um, to give him a different look. Um, but wow. yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, I did note that I really like um, the magazine covers that they mock up of him. I think that's mm. really clever. Um, I also did note at this point, there's a real difference between um, Rocky's scenes and Creed's scenes. Uh, Rocky's has a lot of muted colours, whereas mm. Creed's feel very warm. Um, and sort there is like a, going, I suppose that's a, yeah. that's quite a good reflection in the cinematography then of the two characters. Yeah. And that's good cinematography work at that yeah. when you get in yeah. lighting. Definitely, yeah. I I noticed it pretty much as soon as we started getting mm. like the two of them side to side, uh, how different yeah. they were. Because obviously a lot of Rocky stuff is done outside in the snow, mm. so it's kind of cold and uh, muted. Whereas white is quite bright, it's still mm. a very there isn't any difference in the colours, is there? It is white, yeah. and that's it. Um, whereas a lot of Creed stuff is done in wooden boardrooms and and things like that, and it feels quite mm. warm. Yeah. Um, I did note at this point as well, the painting of Creed is just weird. <laughs> I just think, so, how the hell did they even make those and get them up there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do want to bring up why the hell is Creed playing as dressing up as George Washington <laughs> or Apollo Washington? I put. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't get that at all. Um, <laughs> well, it was basically it was sort of because it was when uh, it was the anniversary or something, wasn't it? There, there was a significance, yeah. wasn't it? When the fight yeah. thing on it, comes <laughs> out that that blonde wig and everything. Um, I do like the the Goodfellas piss take. You talking to me? Is he talking to oh, me? Oh, yeah, to a taxi driver, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. I forgot that Joe Fraser is in it, making a cameo. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, good old smoky Joe. And this is this is where I also brought up the next point about the, the yellow robe not being in this one either, because he doesn't wear it for the fight either. Um, so that's, as I pointed out at the start, he doesn't wear that until the next one. Um, yeah. I like the fact that we get that sort of sluggish start from Rocky and then all of a sudden he just, he just finds a punch and boom. Yeah, he, uh, so he catches him with a real good one with that first punch. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Apollo is completely toying with him at this yeah. point. Um, <coughs> but, um, yeah, there's, I've literally got two more notes. Um, well, the thing is, at this point, there's only like 10 minutes left, and you think, well, they've got a world title fight to fit in here, but they don't have because yeah. they have a little mini montage of skipping through some of the rounds. Yeah. And, um, and you know, so Paul is getting significantly sweatier as the film goes on at this point. But he he has absolutely beaten the snot out of Rocky. You, you yeah. can't deny it that he has no. absolutely battered him. Um, yeah. how, it, how it got anywhere near what it did, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then my uh, my final note uh, on the film in general is Adrian, and that's it. That's my last note yeah. on the film. Um, uh, mind you, just my my thoughts on on the climax. I love the way the music rises as as that we get to those final yeah. bits of the film, and you think we're we're coming to that conclusion. Um, and I just love that the decision was made. Obviously, at some point in the early presses, the, the Rocky wouldn't win because that's not the point of the film. No. Um, 
the, the whole point is that he wants to go the distance, and, and it's that whole losing is winning kind of theory, um, ideology. Um, yeah. and that's it. He, he basically he's won his personal battle. Yeah. Become a contender, and it's just a great way to do it because some sports films. The trouble is now with sports films, they've become a bit of a cliche either way. Either they don't win and it's a good yeah. effort, or they do win and it's oh, all right. Yeah. And, uh, so Rocky's kind of responsible for both in some ways, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I was just right. plucking a film out there. I'm thinking, um, uh, is it Dodgeball, I think, where the end of that, they don't actually win. Yes. But, yeah. but they've, got the, they've got the sort of... Um, the, and it's a great gag where, the, where this thing of money comes out with Deus Ex Machina written on the front. It's just a great sort of gag. And it, basically, they do win because he bet against them. It's just genius. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, that's that's another one of my uh, all-time favourites, is yeah. Dodgeball. And, and that, basically, that, that film just plays on some of the stuff that films like Rocky have led the way in. And it's just it's yeah. genius. And yeah, for me, it's, it's like yourself, it, it's, it's a great film. Um, one I, I've come back to many, many times over the years. Pro- the first one, probably the most of, of them yeah. all, I must admit. Um, just It's a great score in there. I think it's Bill Conti, isn't it? Yes. Fantastic score. Um, the, those gritty fights at the start, just they're ugly and dirty and nasty. And you think, why would anybody want to go watch those when you compare it to the world title fight at the end, which which is brutal in its own way, but it, it's, it's a much more, quote-unquote, glossy affair. Um, great performances. Tyler Shearer's great in it. Um, and it's a really interesting, it's one of these ones where, where a quite attractive actress goes dowdy and it works really well. Yeah. If you compare it to how she, how she appears in like the Godfather film, it's so different. Yeah. Uh, she's really good in it. Um, it's frustrating characters like Paulie, but Bert, Bert is great in that. It's, it's, there's hard to find any fault with the film. It's a great sports film and it's a great underdog film and it's just a great film and and, and I say in, in a amazing list of films it was still a worthy winner I mean I would not have wanted to pick the winner from that list of five I must admit because there's some quality films in there and the fact and the, the, it all the film basically in, in winning that Oscar does what the film is about in some ways it's the, it's the little film that could yeah yeah definitely um, um. and, and I can't argue with it winning. It's, it's just, just a great film. And, and and this film has to land somewhere in the 90s for me, so probably about 94. Yeah. Uh, so my my final notes are, what can you say about this film? Wonderfully shot, great performances, such a David versus Goliath story, just a brilliantly put together film, a classic for the ages. I gave it 97. Yeah. Yeah. I got 95, I think, written down here, so we're not far out. So, yeah. Yeah. Just thoroughly, as I said, it's very enjoyable watching again. It's very much in my uh, my top ten, probably yeah. even possibly top five, um, but it's definitely in that top ten. So that is our two shows for this month concluding. Um, we have one more job to do before we go, uh, and mm. that is to pick next month's films for November. So let me click my button. <laughs> and our first film is 1951. Ooh. So let's have a look. And uh, that is all about Eve. Oh, all about Eve. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back to our other page and run it for the second film. 
And that is 1990. And that is... Let me find it. That's the year before Silence of the Lambs. Dances with Best picture was Driving Miss Daisy. Ah, Driving Miss Daisy, yeah, came out in 89. Ah, interesting. So that's right. our <laughs> that's, two films for next year. That's a complete year, change of pace from these two. And we've just done this. Yeah, <laughs> yep, so. very much so. Um, cool. Though, interestingly, that's, that was a strange year. I, I, I'll tell you the nominees for that year. It was Born on the 4th of July, Dead Poets Society, Field of Dreams and My Left Foot. <laughs> that's a great list. <laughs> that's possibly great. one of the best years we've come across. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to them. Yeah. Um, definitely not seen our, our 1951 winner. I'm sure, I'm not sure I've I seen Miss Daisy, though. I've seen at some point. Daisy. Yeah. <coughs> so cool. thank you, Tony, for joining me again. No problem. Um, and we will be back next month with those two films for you. Um, hopefully, you've enjoyed this month's. Um, it was definitely um, either end of the scale for us, I think, with this month one that we've watched multiple times and one that neither of us have seen. So it was mm. it was quite interesting. Um, so, yeah, thank you for joining us. Remember to uh, give us a review um, if you have the time. Uh, and we will be back in November. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.